0: Welcome to the official podcast for Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization. I'm Beth, aka Triumvir Clio. Hello again. Welcome back. I hope you're well. I had a snow day yesterday as I'm writing this. It was a lovely surprise because the snow day was called for all of my colleagues in Rhode Island, so I was able to enjoy the day off without having to shovel. Of course, the current forecast here is for nine to six inches, so I might need to use a vacation day to clear out if that comes to pass. There are advantages and disadvantages to being a remote worker, but this podcast isn't about snow or Not usually, at least. No, this is a podcast about humanism in the ancient Mediterranean world, and today we are covering Book 3, Chapter 2 of the Bibliotheca. In the last chapter, we got the story of the birth of the Minotaur, but then we're told the rest of that was a story for another day. And today is not that day. Today, we cover a different line of Minas' descendants. As a reminder, I'm using the freely available Fraser translation. Catrius, one of Minas' sons, has three daughters and one son. Catrius goes to the oracle, which, you know, is always a bad idea. And the oracle says that one of his children will kill him. He hides his copy of the oracle, but Alphamenes, that one son, finds it and figures that he's the obvious culprit because it couldn't possibly be a girl who is the foretold murderer. So he and one of his sisters, Epemosyne, run away and settle in Rhodes. At the top of a mountain there, he builds an altar to Zeus, and all is good for a bit, until Hermes shows up. He sets his sights on Epemosyne, and she tries to escape, and at first she succeeds. She is fast. So Hermes lays a trap for her, or maybe I should say a tarp. He lays some fresh hides on the path so that she slips the next time she tries to run away. And then he rapes her. Because the gods suck. And Althamenes, of course, blames Apomosony for this when she tells him about it, and he kicks her to death because Althamenes sucks too, and so does patriarchy. Meanwhile, back on Crete, Catrius gives his other two daughters to Napolius to marry off in foreign lands. Eropi marries Pleisthenes and becomes mother to Agamemnon and Menelaus, and yes, that's a different name than Atreus, who we're familiar with as being the father of Agamemnon and Menelaus. Our author in this source is working from a tradition that has Agamemnon and Menelaus as Atreus's nephews, who he adopts after their father, Pleisthenes, dies. Greek mythology is fun, isn't it? <laughs> so confusing. Anyway, back to Catreus' daughters, the other two. Clymene, the third daughter, marries Naplius and also has two children, Oax and Palamedes. But then, Cadreus gets old and decides it's time to pass the throne to his one son, so he sets off to Rhodes to find him. He's mistaken for a pirate and attacked by the locals, including Althamenes, who throws a spear and only later realizes he's killed his father, just as the oracle foretold. He responds by saying a prayer and disappearing into a chasm. And that's the end of Althamenes and the end of this chapter. do wish that I knew ancient Greek, or maybe it was working from a more recent translation than Fraser's, which is old enough to be in the public domain, but that also means I can freely quote from it, uh, so here's why I wish I could look at the original material. And Catrius gave Aerope and Clymene to Nauplius to sell into foreign lands. And of these two, Aerope became the wife of Pleisthenes, who begat Agamemnon and Menelaus, and Clymene became the wife of Nauplius, who became the father of Oax and Palamedes. That first part. He gave his daughters to be sold into foreign lands. Now, in my summary, I chose to interpret that as that diplomatic use of marriage as a way to strengthen relationships between two countries, because that makes sense. These are all members of the royal family on Crete. But the way that first part is translated makes it sound like Catrice doesn't know where he's sending his daughters. This source is just so frustrating because the author glosses over the details, and this is one of those places that more details would be helpful. Even details from the male perspective we get in all of these ancient sources would be helpful. I mean, sure, I'd really love to know what Erope and Clymene think of how they become wives. I'd definitely love to know the rest of Erope's story and how she fits into the larger story of the Atreides. But I do wonder what a modern translator would do with this sentence. And yeah, I know that there's nothing stopping me from ordering a copy of the Robin Hard translation from my favorite local bookstore. This is a bookstore. And maybe I will. Who knows? Eventually, I will run out of source material. So maybe I'll go back to some of these episodes and start doing some comparison of translations, which sounds like a lot of work and they're... Are a whole bunch of Romans that we haven't even touched on, and I love to get into you know some Mesopotamian sources. We haven't even talked about Gilgamesh, and there's all of ancient Egypt. There, there's a lot of the Mediterranean world that we haven't even touched on. We've only done Greece and some Rome so far, and the point is, it all sounds like a lot of work, and I don't see that I'll be doing that. So. So I'm, I'm asking you, what translation are you reading? And if you aren't reason- reading the Fraser, how, how is yours different? Is it better? Worse? I, it's possible. Please pop over to the blog and share because I want to know. Blog is at triumvirclio.school.blog. The URL and maybe a link are in the show notes. Find me on Patreon as Triumvir Clio, and that link is in the show notes, too, should you feel so inclined, no pressure. In the next episode, we'll cover Seneca's Phoeniciae, or the Phoenician women. Talk to you then. You can join the discussion of this and everything covered in this podcast by following the link in my show notes. And if you're enjoying what you've heard so far, please consider supporting the show with a monthly donation of your choosing, just like public radio. And please also consider giving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice so that more people can discover the fun that is Triumvir Clio's School of Classical Civilization.